GM, everybody. Sean here. So the clip you're about to listen to is a short from one of our podcast interviews we did with one of my favorite Web3 founders, Evan McMullen, who's the CEO of Disco.xyz. In this clip, we talk about how NFTs and blockchains are stripping away our ability to consent to our data privacy. And it's a really interesting problem that needs to be addressed, and Disco is doing a lot to solve that. So enjoy. But we will not enjoy the privilege of considering the consequences of you know our far-reaching actions around sensitive data until we first figure out how to have fun in Web3 and the metaverse. Something really interesting about Disco is how you have to give consent versus someone just sending you random stuff and spam, whether that's like legal or illegal content. What about the things that you did that might like maybe weren't so good? For example, like a speeding ticket, and you don't want that to show up in your in your data backpack for like insurance records. But it is something that happened. I can I can see like the positive things, but what about the negative things too that might actually happen with that? Great question. So when we think about, you know, how we deliberately curate and present information about ourselves in the real world right now, we have a pretty incredible degree of control over how that happens when we understand that it's happening. What's really interesting about um, Web3 public ledgers, decentralized uh, networks like Ethereum and Bitcoin, um, is that the censorship resistance and transparency they enable also necessarily requires an absence of consent at the wallet layer. So in the you know EVM ecosystem, I cannot reject uh, sort of out, using an out-of-the-box uh, key pair, let's say from something like MetaMask, I cannot reject any token ID that another wallet user wants to map to my public key. If you know my wallet address, you know how to send something to me. Uh, and of course, we could create all kinds of elaborate permission structures around this, um, and, you know, smart contracts that intercept tokens and uh, and things like that. Um, but it, you know, although that is also true, there is merit in observing the fact that the default system, as it exists, is exists is one that does not involve consent when accepting public assets being associated with your address. Now, there are ways that you can dissociate unwanted assets. Um, you can pay a gas fee to burn that asset, but now we got to pay money to get rid of things that we didn't want anyway, sort of like um, you know, having to pay a fee to have someone scrape an unwanted bumper sticker off of your car. Um, but, uh, but I think there is a lot more flexibility and native, natively well-suited um, you know, features to verifiable credentials to describe um, a lot of the data that pertains to us as individuals, us as human beings. Um, and so we're able to manage with a little bit more discretion um, which data assets we want to hang on to and present and which we don't. Whereas if someone's looking at our public address on a blockchain, it's really hard to decide which of these assets um, did Thomas and Sean want, which of these assets were airdropped, gifted, sent to them, spammed to them that were unwanted. Uh, so there's a lot of additional context that you've got to provide around public assets when it pertains to how they got mapped to a given public key. Um, you know, additionally, the inability to curate 
um, means that we put a lot of pressure on the front ends of applications that display our on-chain activity. So we've got to hide in each application separately <laughs> a siloed mm-hmm. set of, um, of you know, unwanted assets. Now, of course, this is another fun solution where verifiable credentials could come in and you could mark the assets with credentials that you don't want to see and be able to carry that from app to app. But, oh, you know, interesting. totally beside the point. Um, when we talk about negative reputation, I, you know, I think that that's a really valuable characteristic for us to contemplate in any identity system. And I'm so excited for the day when we arrive, when that's going to be, you know, of the utmost importance up front. Like we are still on party invitations, <laughs> you know, we're, uh, <laughs> we're not quite at like the carceral state and speeding tickets yet. And for yep. my part, I'm very excited to welcome many more users into the Web3 ecosystem before we start appealing to them with the desirable new experience of decentralized backends for speeding tickets, but I would prefer <laughs> to throw parties first. Well, I'm glad you're here doing that because yeah, nobody would get on Web3 if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, you know, we're not immediately eliminating the existence of law enforcement. Like, you know, let's try to address one at a time the daily experiences in people's lives where we can remove friction and add delight and value. And there are infinity hypotheticals that we can, you know, concern ourselves with when it comes to much higher gravity user data. And we'll get there. We'll get there very soon. But we will not enjoy the privilege of considering the consequences of, you know, our far-reaching actions around sensitive data until we first figure out how to have fun in Web3 and the metaverse. And for those who would like to first jump to systems of punishment and negative reputation as we as we take our very first steps in building this new plane, I invite us to take a step back together and think about how can we make the space a little bit more welcoming, at least for its very start. 